What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am so excited that you showed up just in time for episode 106 with Miss Mira Mutant. She's a fitness coach out here in the UK, very passionate about helping everyone create a journey to a unique and empowering lifestyle. If you're not following her on her IG account, Mir.fitness, I highly suggest you doing so because you're about to see in today's episode how funny this woman is. If you're someone out there that's packed on a few pounds, and what I mean by few, 10, 20, or they call them stones here in the UK, eating some fries or chips. Yes, we talk a lot about the UK English and American English, but overall, you're about to have a blast. Last but not least, stand by for a quick message before we start today's show. And if you're tuning in, you're only listening to the audio and you would like to catch the video, go to our website at winject.com join to become a member of our phenomenal community with Winject Studios. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. Miss Mira, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Oh, love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who do? I don't I have no idea that sometimes the things are going to come out of my mouth. That's sometimes scary, you know? <laughs> I'm the kind of person, if they hit, if you were actually had a film crew behind me or something, and it's, and I've actually done this a lot. I like to do record a lot of trainings and whatnot. If you hit record on that, I'm not live. But when I'm there with another individual, I won't mess it up. Yeah, it's, it's a skill. Isn't it? It's different as well when there's somebody else to bounce off, somebody else you're actually talking to. Right, exactly. Obviously, in your UK, different part of the UK where I'm at, this little island you call a country, right? Where I'm from <laughs> in the States. You can sit this one in, in Texas a few times. But where about are you in England for the listeners? So I'm in uh, Warwickshire, which is about one and a half hours north of London. You mm. always got to approximate everything to London. <laughs> right, of course it is. That's where everything's about London. To be honest with you, when I was looking at a couple places to purchase like some land, because obviously where I'm from in the states, there's a lot of stuff you know you can you can build. But here in London, yeah. there's not a lot of new builds other than buildings like skyscrapers. Yeah. But if you want a house, there's a lot you have to renovate the house and do different things. And so I started looking a little bit more out in the country. And I was like, man, I was like, you know, that would be pretty cool if I had like a little. I don't know, compound out there out of nowhere and having like, you know, yeah. 20, 20 acres of land and shooting, <laughs> shoot, what do you call them? The shooting the clay pigeons and <laughs> clay pigeon shooting, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, I could do That's all that English stuff. Country, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, I could do this. I grew up in the South. So it's kind of like that, that kind of ball game, but oh, wow. so have you been, are you from here originally? Yes. Yes. Born and bred in the UK. Gotcha. So what led you to starting well, going into more of a fitness, I know a lot about your story, but this is just for the listeners that yeah. 
you know, what actually sparked you and motivated you to do what you do today? Well, so I, I've had a bit of a up and down journey, I guess. So I actually mm -hmm. went into university to study sciences and I had, you know, big ambition of becoming some sort of medical researcher. Um, and by the time I finished my degree, I absolutely hated it. Um, so I didn't want to do um, scientific research anymore. So um, I went into the core of my life. I joined one of the big four, um, did my accountancy qualification there, mm -hmm. went through sort of all of like the long working hours, um, meeting client expectations, just learning new different things. I got my chartered accountancy qualification as well. Um, and from there, I guess you could say I entered the rat race. Um, and you know what it's like, like you're constantly trying to balance everything, you know, working 12 hour days and then plus yes. coming home and sorting out your own life, sort of like fitness, food, family, everything on top. Um, and it was kind of at that point where I thought, one, this is not the life that I want to live forever. Right. And two, if I'm feeling this way, I'm sure other people are as well. Now, I'm not saying it's for everyone to, you know, quit their corporate job and become a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's definitely things that I thought I could share from my experience. So I actually used to be um, about a size 16 when I was... Um, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe Even if you showed me a picture, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I've got pictures on my Instagram and everyone's like, is that you? No way. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes it is me. <laughs> I'll have, now, um, now I'll have to go look. <laughs> oh my yeah, God, I didn't out, see it. Honestly, check out the highlights. Um, we used to have this thing in uh, corporate audit called the EY Stone. And it was when you join EY, you will guarantee you are guaranteed to gain a stone by the end of the first year. And how I much is say, a stone to pounds? How much is a stone to pounds? Stone to pounds. God, you're putting me on the spot here. Ah, uh, yeah, Miss Fitness Coach. <laughs> Fourteen pounds. Fourteen pounds. Fourteen pounds. Yeah. Fourteen. I've pounds. lost. I've lost. in since I, I well, I'm obviously I'm. I've always been a very I'm into fitness. I was always been, I was always cut up and in, into sports and all the way throughout high school. And then of course, you know, in the military, you know, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Then, you know, of course, I mean, afterwards and I was playing flag football of all things for no reason. That's a different football to your used to do you throw, you know? Right. So, but when I was playing flag football, not, not sure why I was doing it in my thirties. Then I took a, <laughs> a sharp move and my ACL went yeah. And it popped when I popped it in half. So it went shot up my leg and it was just awful. I had a surgery. I'm not trying to get weird. But when I had that surgery, I started, this is when I was already into entrepreneurship and kind of doing my things and brokering deals and working with education groups and aligning my processes, sales, marketing, operation, fulfillment. You've seen some of the content I shared with you before, yeah. older content and what I used to do for, you know, corporate, like corporate businesses. So, and that's how it led me to trade schools. But then I started gaining a lot more weight because I was at home working, doing my thing. So I, I feel like I sacrificed my standards for my health, for my wealth. Yeah. And then yeah. I realized, and yeah. Then I realized that that I needed to, I needed to shift and I needed to not compromise and I needed to focus on all aspects in my life to make sure that I, and that all, it overall led to me having better mental health. Exactly. And I think that's probably common with 90% of working mm -hmm. adults that you probably speak to now. It's just, everybody is trying to do that trade-off between making money, securing their mental health like having the body that they want to have and you know one of those things is always going to drop you know um 
if you're trying to balance everything at once and be on top of your game and everything chances mm-hmm. are something's going to drop and you know when you're working with somebody and you're securing that paycheck and that bag every month you, you're not going to let that one drop are you right no because you're controlled by the outside society of what exactly. i mean you can look at inflation i mean look at in the past year i mean i know that obviously there's different you know different countries but i, I do very much pay attention to the government and obviously the things and taxes here you inflation's going on the government well this the country hasn't made any money they're in a hole so what do they do they're going to raise certain things i mean look at what is that app that app is probably one of the major reasons that i started gaining a little bit more weight and why i lost i think it was what one two three i lost three stones in the, in the last like nine months because i'm able to now work out the way that I normally would. It took me, it took me about four years to recover from that injury because yeah. I, I couldn't run anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't actually I had to, I had to learn a whole different way of working out because I never had to work out to lose weight. That's a whole yeah. different way of working a whole out. Different ball game, yeah. And I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't understand like what the hell's going on. I go to gym, <laughs> I'm working out, but I didn't know how to work out the shed. Yeah. Which was different. I get, I'm, how often Very do you see that? A lot. So, so many times. I think um, almost after the age of, I guess, like 21, especially more more so in females, you kind of see the drop off of like sports teams and stuff. You no longer have, um, I don't know, then maybe the netball team that you used to play on, everyone sort of disbands. I think guys still mm-hmm. have it where you might, you know, have your little WhatsApp chat group or your Telegram chat group and say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, let's go kick the ball about. Is anybody down for five aside on a Friday night? You might still have that little element. Um, say say that again. Five or what? What is that? What is that? What, say that same. Five aside. Five aside football. What is that? Oh, so. <laughs> what yeah, five yeah, aside? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't five, know. Five aside. Well, um, five on five. Yeah, five on five. Okay, five on five. Just say five on five. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got Can a lot to learn. On my American switch here. Right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 that's that's. We'll say throw the pigskin around. But that is that's, that's like American football. football, right? So it'd be rugby. Yeah, that'd be rugby. No, I'm talking about soccer, like football. I, I know what you're talking about, but what here? Here's some. Here's my beef <laughs> that I do have with England. And actually, I was at a dinner. This is like two years ago. I was at a dinner. Just a little side note. And the listeners will be like, "Here we go." So <laughs> <laughs> I was at a dinner here in England, and the, you know. Of course, you know we get to like a, a, a. I don't know what it is about posh people that makes me want to like chop them in the throat, but. The way that they're so pretentious, like they're so much better than, you know, whatever. Right. So they're like, it's football is, you know, whatever they say. I can't do the accent, but <laughs> the way he said it pissed me off, actually. It was like, you guys, you guys throw the ball around. And you know, said, like, well, I said, to be honest with you, back in 1956, you changed it from football to soccer. Then you decided to change it back when American football blew up. So it's your fault why we still call, you know, we have this issue. And, and I was like, the next time I'm going to, you know, when I go out and I go, I do have a Nike shirt. It says soccer because I call it soccer for me. So that's my only issue for the UK people right now. I'm not trying to piss you off. <laughs> I'm just saying it was just a guy that, that I gave it to you. But that's my whole issue with the understanding that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have to take this up with the Oxford Dictionary people or company yeah. or something. <laughs> right. I do. I do need a, I guess, a guide in my pocket. Hold up. What does this mean? We speak English, but it's different type of English. It's so different English, yeah. Right. I am catching on yeah. now. It's been almost five years. 
yeah I didn't realize that I have a lot of American clients and some of the phrases that I use I didn't realize that they mm-hmm. have no idea what I'm talking about so it's a very common British thing to say you okay whereas yeah <laughs> yeah whereas uh, some of my American clients are like how are yeah, you doing I'm, I'm fine I'm there's nothing wrong and i'm like no it's just general like you that's that's the way they take it is because if you say it in that type of way like are you okay you're you're implying something's the matter that's the way they take it because if you wouldn't say that normally in the states and i can keep i can go down this whole hole if you want to go down this hole so you have forget fitness (laughs) the hell with fitness we're talking about what's wrong with (laughs) so like right it's like so you call a we call a grill you call a barbecue well, that's what happens when you grill is you make barbecue. So you can cook chicken on a barbecue on a grill, but that's not barbecue. See my point? So then you call a vacuum a Hoover. Hoover's the one I invented. Okay. Yeah. See, it's a brand. Okay. That's not it. So then you call a bin a trash can. That's a trash can. Bin. And there's just the other one, bill. That's an electricity bill. It's a bill, but that's a check to me. See my point? Yeah. So I can... Anyways, back to fitness. Sorry, that's my whole point. Yeah. I can keep going, but I'm not. Element, we've got crisps and chips. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well. Yeah, crisp and chips. And then chips to me is chips and crisp. But, you know, obviously, but obviously it goes back and forth. <laughs> then French fries. Like, what is against yeah. it? You know, why can't you call it French fries? Uh, is it politically correct? I don't know. You don't have corn dogs here? You don't have corn dogs here? You know, yeah, there's so. Corn dogs is a hot dog inside, yeah. like on a stick, and then they put the corn like batter and they fry it. It's actually really okay. good. So it's really good sausage. Yeah, bat- yeah, pretty much batter sausage, <laughs> but it's not the sausage you have here. It's not the same type of sausage. No, it's uh... it's different. I don't yeah, eat pork, I so say, it's just it. I yeah, say less processed, but one hundred percent. Well, to be honest with you, I I'm a huge seafood fan. I'm not really. Like I don't like the I don't like processed food. I I, I didn't grow up eating it. I I yeah. grew up eating you know of course you know we'll grow chicken. I mean we ate right. We had a lot of seafood. Like um they call it like, um like a local a low country boil. They call it frogmore stew in the states. They have like shrimp as prawns. Put shrimp in crab legs. Put okay. kibasa sausage is a little bit more spicy. Then they put uh, corn like um like white corn probably. And then what they do is they put a okay. like a all that seasoning and everything inside of it. But you get your red potatoes and cut that in half and let it boil. It's really hot. I love spicy food. Love Ooh. spicy food. Yeah. yeah. I'm one of those weird, one more of those weird Italian loves. I can eat spicy food with the, you know, everybody. And they're <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm not like you. <laughs> so <laughs> you put a little bit of spice on someone that isn't used to that type of food or like, I don't know. I can't eat it. It's too hot. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm the hot sauce guy that puts hot sauce on everything. Just, so yeah, just carry around a little bottle of hot sauce with you. Exactly. Well, I actually used to. So, um, because you don't have text P here. So that's a whole other thing too. I can keep going down this hole. I can't believe we're doing this. So and that's the whole thing about you working with different types of countries and people coming from, because that's one thing I do love about London and England. It's very diverse. Yeah, definitely. So I could walk down the street in London and hear 10 different languages by the time I hit this train station down the street. And that's yeah. one thing I do love about it. And another thing is the curry. I love the curry here. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. You can't yeah, beat that. <laughs> so is that one thing? That, so say for instance, you have a client that you're taking on, right? What's the first thing that you do 
to kind of like maybe assess where they currently are. But do you ever ask the questions like, what do you like to eat normally when you're doing some type of nutrition diet? Yeah, so I run through their day. I would tell you to take me okay. through your regular day. I'd say, tell me from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, what is your normal day? Um, and that would include your morning routine. So whether you wake up, check your phone, go brush your teeth, have a cup of tea, coffee, whatever it might be, what you've had for breakfast, what your working hours look like, what your studying hours look like. Um, literally everything. Take me through your day as if I was living it for you. Um and that gives me a good idea of how people are generally living their day. Because mm -hmm. otherwise I could turn around and say, here is your six small meals a day. I want you to fit all of that meal prep in plus four days of working out. And somebody's going to turn around and say, I have four small kids and I can't do that. Or I have a investment banking job and there is no way that I'm going to be able to, to prep all of these meals. Um, so I like to get an idea of what real people do in their real actual lives so I can provide conscious fitness solutions that are realistic for them mm -hmm. do you are you okay I, I know what i do with clients and i know what i do with companies and i know the individuals there's a couple words that i never accept as an answer is the word can't when people say I, there's no way or what that, that's a limiting belief yeah you're yeah, limiting definitely. yourself if yeah. it's if it's life or death for you that's what I, that's my whole mission in life is being able to say, listen, how bad do you want it? Your actions and inactions prove to me how bad you really want an outcome. So when people say, there's no way that I can make that happen. Well, when I start asking questions, I don't, I don't address the issue right then. I'll start asking questions about where I can find the time. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, if, if it's really that important for you, wouldn't it be, I don't know, maybe start waking up 15 minutes early every day and see how many hours you can actually come up to. Exactly. And that's what we do when people say, I can't fit this. I can't do that. I can't do this. We work them to a gradual plan where okay. effectively they are doing what they said they couldn't do, but they've taken it in such steps where it's almost seamlessly then ended up blending into their lives. Um, and I completely agree with you when somebody has a limiting statement or limiting belief, they, that's what they do. And I think whatever you put your time, your focus and your energy into, it grows. And so whether, mm -hmm. if that's positive, that's absolutely amazing. It's great. Time, focus, energy, that's going to grow. But if it's negative, equally, it's going to grow. And that's where I think all these limiting beliefs and statements come from. Um, so what we do is work on unpicking that slowly. Because I think for most people, when you turn around and say, that's a limiting belief. You need to change that. Yeah, that's issues to it your doesn't yeah, triggering. Yeah. yeah, right. It's you're you're actually what you're doing is you're putting them in a situation where they're feel like they're being judged. Yeah, I want to I want to ask enough questions for you to bring to me and go, you know, Chris, I think that that might be something that's preventing me. I'm like, oh, imagine that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, and then, and then in the back of my mind, I don't ever say this. I'm like, damn, it took you a while. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I thought I was going to have to get a neon light and turn it on. <laughs> yeah. I had one Newsflash. Who was, who was like, I can't give up takeout. I, I have to have it like at least once a week. And I was like, no, that's cool. And I said, I promise you one day you will come to me and you will say, I did not enjoy that takeout. I can't believe I ordered it. I used to have it every single week. Um, three months down the line, that's exactly what she was saying to me. She was like, oh, wow. I had Taco Bell yesterday and I hated it. I, I felt sluggish. I didn't feel full. I was craving protein. 
Um, and I wish, I wish at that point I'd recorded the moment I told her she would come back to me and say she didn't want to take out. That's, that's funny. Um, I think most coaches and most people that are obviously high performers, when we hear that type of stuff, it's just like, oh, here we go. Like yeah. people, I, I think people sometimes, I don't know what it is. They feel like they're going to stump me on something like they're how they're going to be able to sell me on this. And I'm actually going to believe it. Like I've heard every story and if I'm shocked when I do hear something new and I'm like, wow, that's yeah. new. And I usually, when I name it up, I actually have people that I named the objection for. And I remember the person that actually first gave me that objection. I know it's crazy. I have a weird <laughs> mind. So, and I'm like, I'm like, I've heard this before and how we go about changing this and how she went about changing this or he went about changing this. Do you use a lot of analogies to try to maybe share a vision for them to see it outside their own, I guess, limiting beliefs or whatever their lens are? I try to, but I guess each person is individual. Um, so you yeah, have clients true. where when you share analogies about other clients, um, it just depends where they are in their mindset. If they're, you know, sort of very closed off, they've got a lot of limiting beliefs, um, a lot of negative self-talk, um, sharing an, an analogy about other people um, can just send them further into that spiral and think, okay but they're, they're doing it but I still can't do it you know why are you telling them about x y and that person um I just think it depends what stage of the journey they're okay. on um I think stories and anecdotes are brilliant when um they've got a peak of motivation um mm -hmm. or they're particularly driven at the point where you're talking to them um because then that story will just spur them on and, and give them more motivation to push and drive forward whereas I think if they're um spinning their wheels a little bit that story might help but it also might help set them further back got you do you see yourself in some of your clients stories when you were as size 16 yeah 100 percent um and a lot of the time i think it's down to lack of transparency in the industry mm. um and just a lack of good solid information i think social media is absolutely brilliant because you know it helps people like i guess like us connect together and, and talk yeah. about things but then it also helps to spread just the wrong information um mm. so quite often when i talk to people and ask them sort of what their um goals are what their aspirations are um why they think they're struggling um I hear myself in them, especially when they're like, they don't know what to eat or they don't know how to fit it in. Or, you know, I've tried X, Y, and Z amounts of cardio. I've been mm. on keto. I've been on intermittent fasting. I've tried paleo. I've tried starving myself. I don't know why I'm not losing weight. Um, and I'm like, I feel you because I've been there. Like I've, mm. I've done all of that. I've tried, you know, fat loss pills, <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, those don't work. They do not I just, work. Just, that's just going to raise your heart rate and cause internal issues. Exactly. I mean, yeah. even if you have, so say for instance, if you have some type of chemical imbalance at some type of way inside of your body, people don't realize how powerful their brain is and maybe potentially they could be lacking some, so maybe some unresolved trauma in their brain and they normally don't get the same type of chemical ba balance that normal people get. And then they inject or put a pill inside their body and they don't realize that that's actually ruining them. Exactly. Yeah. They might've lost um, a little bit of weight, but they've like ruined every relationship they've had. Exactly. And I think um, you, you touched on a very good point there about chemical balances and imbalances in the brain. And there's this thing called, um, I forget, I don't know what it's actually called, but it's about links. Um, 
to your childhood and that 100 that determines the relationship that you have with food um mm -hmm. so for example if you find yourself uh giving yourself a treat whether that be a chocolate a biscuit um crisps whatever it could be after you've done something well chances are you used to get treats like that when you were younger so you associate 100%. eating that type of food um with that reward and so you're just rewarding yourself for it or um if you were and this is very common in asian families if something wrong has happened you know you've been told off by your parents they might come up to your room and their way of apologizing is come and eat they might say sorry <laughs> but they'll say come and eat. dinner's on the table um and you associate that with mm -hmm. um repairing a relationship or repairing something that's gone wrong so you carry mm -hmm. that forward um yes. into your adult life and say okay well i'm a little bit upset right now if you're starting to resolve if i'm a little bit upset the issue isn't resolved so i'm not going to eat because i'm now associating that phrase come and eat with the issue being resolved and then mm -hmm. once the issue gets resolved you then go eat um, exactly or conversely you know binge eating when you're when you're upset and people don't realize that all of these relationships food are linked to childhood events that have happened it, it is to be honest and i don't come from a lot of money right and i remember so we never really ate out a lot yeah at all so okay. we my mom would cook you know every day or my granny would cook my girl lived right next door and was very I, and that, I really relate to an Asian culture because I was raised very similar to it as an Italian type of type of way and yeah. also Southern. There's a lot of similarities there. Even yeah, the family orientated. hundred percent. That's all we are. So like even perfect example, I grew up on one street and the whole family lived on that one street. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. The street was named after my great grandfather, you know? So it's crazy. So the point that I want to make with that I would never like on Fridays, my mom would go grocery shopping or if I would play baseball or I play um, any type of sport, basketball, whatever. And as a treat, we would go out to eat at Chinese. And when you know it, when I'm upset or something's going on in my life, that's my comfort food. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, Chinese food sucks in England. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's perfect. So I stopped eating it because <laughs> it's a different type of I Chinese food. That's like, oh, I can't even, can't even get Chinese food here, man. <laughs> so, but no, just kidding. But they don't have the, well, what I like is the general towel chicken and it's like a different type of sauce. Is it? But oh, I, I, I actually order it in. I, I do order everything. <laughs> so like, I'll order the Chinese food and they dump their sauce on it. But yeah, that's my, that's my, but that does work and it does link. And it, that's what that is, the anchor. Yeah. You're anchoring a certain emotion because you know you're predetermining in your mind there's been your nature of obviously habit, right? So if you start looking at the patterns, you know what emotion you're going to get after you eat it. Get Or not just eat it, which would happen when you go and go to get there and sit down and order it and the food comes to you and you're like, that's the fulfillment you're looking for and the satisfaction. Exactly. But of course, right when you eat it, you feel like shit. Yes. I hope you don't realize that your habits are just automatic. You, you mm -hmm. don't think about it. So when you say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna break this habit. You can't because the basal ganglia processes it. And I think something like 40% of that behavior is automatic. So you're not, that behavior is happening on automatic. You're not gonna stop it. Especially not when your hormones, your, your chemical balances are all out of whack. 
when you're mm-hmm. feeling upset or when you're feeling X, Y, and Z way. Right. Because you, all you are is you're, you, you mentioned at corporate America, you're on that hamster wheel. Okay. Well, corporate. Yeah. Um, don't want to put it in America, it's obviously UK, but you're <laughs> on a hamster wheel and just going and you're just robot, robotic. And that's what tends to happen. We're humans. This is what's going to happen. You do it more and more and more. You're going to fall into a routine and that's going to end up being behavioral trait. And now you got an issue. Yeah, exactly. So even perfect example. I, when I started, I would say studied sales. I never studied sales. I never read sales books. There's a few that I've actually, I've peddled around with, but I can't read the whole things. I don't believe in the methods and how do I yeah. become internationally ranked in sales for years and years and years? <clears throat> Excuse me. I started studying the human psychology and the human brain, biology, the chemicals, because only reason, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy. It's like, why do I know this? Like I speak, I speak energy fluently. I don't speak, you know what I mean? Like I learned how to speak that fluently. Like my older sister was born handicapped and I was put in a crib with her and she was yeah. two and a half years old. And I would learn how to communicate with her intuitively and knowing what she needed. I would selfishly enough, put myself in her shoes and her feelings to kind of like read what she needed for me. And yeah. so when I lost that type of connection, I didn't know what was happening. So do you mean to put it on mute for a second and pause it? Is that was, is that you on your side or is that me? I don't know. I okay. I can't me. hear anything. Yeah. Okay. Would no, you like me to pause me, yeah. it? Um, we're having roofing work done. So okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we can edit certain pieces out as I'm talking. So okay. there's two different streams. So let me write down this number. What is it? 29.16 for my editing team. It's like if as I'm talking or whatnot, I can always, they can, there's two different audio streams. Okay. So if I'm talking, they can edit, they can plot the pull, edit that one piece out on yours and they can blend it oh, and do different perfect. things. Yeah, yeah. My team's really good right. about stuff like that. So I didn't want you to be, you know, in a situation like, oh my God, like what's going on, you know, and I want to ruin your show. <laughs> so anyways, um, what was I saying? Sorry. You were talking about studying the human psychology, uh, being with your oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the crib. Okay. So, and just kind of like recap real quick and kind of get back myself into a flow. So when I learned how to really put myself in the other person's shoes, I'm an empath. And if I believe that if you do have those types of tendencies and those ways that like even yesterday, it was a different type of moon. I woke up sick to my stomach yesterday morning and didn't know why. And then I realized it was, it was actually the moon change. It was new moon. So I was like, oh, that makes, I can actually feel things happening that yeah, most people don't shift. feel. Right. And everyone has access to this. It's just that I learned it at a very young age and I just, it's a muscle you strengthen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like me having a conversation with you. I can not say read your mind. I can feel by me asking questions and paying attention to your behavioral patterns. And then I can pretty much figure out, okay, that's resonating with her. That's not resonating with her. And you're actually understanding what I'm saying. So, and then you're like, okay, I'm really, really excited about what's happening. And then you move forward. Right. So it's kind of like feeling it out. Perfect. Another example, like going to call it tube here. I call it subway, go into a train, take the train and I go and you see the cabs. Well, I don't, I can feel energy inside these cabs. It's weird. Like, like something's off here. Like kind of like, you know, they mentioned like cats can really sense or kids can can sense. yeah. Yeah. So fear or whatever, but that's the intuitive side and tapping into it. But if you're tapping into this and I started studying the human psychology and the biology behind the human brain, I, I started to like really investigate like all the memories and all the experiences I had in life. Like, why do I believe it? Why do I believe this? Who, t- who yeah. told me this? 
Yeah. And sometimes, and Whitney know it, when I go back to re-anchor certain emotions and I start peeling back those layers and pulling the threads, then I go, I know why I believe this because I love my uncle and I was like, I lo- always looked up to my uncle and I really, I spent a lot of time with him and he would tell me this and that's his bullshit. <laughs> See my point? <laughs> I'm laughing because there's a TikTok trend right now. <laughs> Is it? Where, um, yeah, it's a TikTok trend right now. I'm not on TikTok. Things like, uh, I was going to ask you, did you start it in some weird mm-hmm. way? Because people literally record themselves and they say um, things like every morning when I wake up, I will look out for the sun because that's what my mum used to do. Or um, every time before we sit down for dinner, I will always say grace or tap the chair three times because that's what my uncle did. And um, I always text or call to ask somebody if they got home safely because my dad always used to ring me to make sure I got home safe. And it's all about um, tapping into those emotions and See, like, why do people do certain things the way they do them and believe mm-hmm. certain things? Um, who in their life um, cause sort of like that memory, that that action point anchor, um, and and just bringing that, I guess, to life in a trend. Yes. What I mean, are you when you're working with your clients, right? I'm just curious here. I don't even know the answer to this question, so I'm just really, really curious. When you're working with them do you have like a set of like questionnaires or some type of way of them putting in some work on their own time and holding themselves accountable, like documentation to submit over to you or stuff like that for you to kind of see what's actually happening in their mind? Because you know how it is. Like when, if you're in an office or I'm in your office, I can kind of, you'll know what's happening. I can hold you accountable. You can't get away with shit. But if you're on your own, you know, they can go work out with you they can do whatever they need to do. And then they go home and eat a bunch of cupcakes. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, like what's going on here? Like, have you had those type of situations? Yeah. So I would say everyone is, um, you can um, pass on responsibility, but you can't pass on accountability, right? So yeah. you're all, you're, each and every one of you are accountable for your own results and your own progress. Um, but of course, responsibility we can share, especially mm-hmm. when I'm your coach. So, I have different methods for different, like, I guess, sectors of my business. If I personal training you, I'll have a different method to if I'm online coaching you, um, to if it's a corporate um, package, for example. And so let's give you one example. Um, If we have a client who is struggling with picking up snacks and eating, um, they have, I guess, like, the responsibility to then message me and say what they're feeling at that moment so before they go have the snack you need to send me a message to say i am feeling upset because of x y and z this is what happened and this is what i want to do um and just through going through that process sometimes that might stop you um from right. up that snack because you're just analyzing the situation yourself and you're like well actually i'm only upset because I had a really tough meeting and my boss was an asshole to me. And so that's why I want to reach for a packet of crisps. But you know what? I don't need to because let's be honest, he's just an asshole and my work was great anyway. Um, just by working through that, some people are able to then say, actually, I don't want that snack. It's fine. I've messaged it. I've, I've read how silly that sounds. It's it's fine. I'm over it. Um, other people would do a little bit more in-depth work and that, that might be simple things such as, you know, they have to make sure they do 20 minutes on the bike or write down um, like an extract in their journal about how they're feeling and how their day's gone before they can have a snack. Um, and little things like that, it just depends like person to person. 
Um, if it's an online workout client who struggles with committing to their workouts, it'll be things like sending me a video of them doing their workout, sending ah, me a picture of you're a crafty little coach. <laughs> their Apple Watch to say <laughs> that's fun. Just yeah. to say, oh yeah, I'm taking a picture of my bike. Here you go. I'm on it. No, no, I want to see your heart rate on your Apple Watch or your Fitbit. And it's 2021. He doesn't have one, right? Um, yeah, I got one on well, Apple Watch. So. Exactly. Um, so little things like that. Or um, if they're at the gym, I want a video of your form. But, you know, in order for me to get a form video, you have to do at least 12 good reps. And by the time you're in the gym doing those 12 reps, you're going to finish the rest of your workout anyway. Mm-hmm. So right. little things like that, yeah. <clears throat> That's actually better. I, I didn't even think about that. That, I mean, because I know that I used to have a Fitbit, but then I, I don't know. I'm an Apple guy, and I'm, I'm, I always yeah, have. I have all these nice watches, you know, <laughs> that I bought for no damn reason. When you call it new money syndrome, right? So, all these damn nice watches that I don't even wear them anymore. I wear the Apple one, or I have the Garmin one, just because it's like big and it's huge and black. So, um, <laughs> just matches my clothes. <laughs> my clothes, anyways. I'm an idiot. So, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Ignore that comment. So I don't know. I'm an idiot. So yeah, I'm just one of, yeah, just we'll edit that piece out. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's raised that way. Like my house, like right now, perfect example. Like my sister is a very messy individual. Okay. And if my sister is listening to this, you know, you're messy. If you go to your closet right now, if you open it at a door, a bunch of clothes are going to fall out and shit. Okay. So my house is immaculate. Okay. Like no one lives here. Cause I get up, make my bed. It's, I think it comes from the military. It comes from something. I don't know what it comes from. Like all my clothes are color coordinated. All like I, I'm, I'm OCD or something. I don't know. But the point <laughs> of that, yeah, a little, just a little bit. So, <laughs> but I know myself, but that's the whole point. And then I think that's where, you know, a lot of your holding people accountable is for them to start being aware. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I talk about that a lot with my four A's like awareness just being aware of what's happening, moving on to acceptance and then stopping the bleeding and making an action plan or coming up with the right, obviously KPIs or metrics for you to be able to get to an outcome, taking action and then moving on to accountability. But when you're getting them to start identifying it and looking at themselves through video, I think that's powerful. That's powerful. Especially too, I don't know if you didn't get your steps in or something you ever seen. Uh, I saw a video once of someone like running in place. <laughs> <laughs> running in place because they were trying to they were trying to beat their wife on their steps or something they were like running in place and i was dying <laughs> laughing i was dying laughing oh, and then he, the clip went back to him sitting on a couch and eating cheeseburgers you know that was funny but <laughs> i need to get on tiktok I, I what it is i see it on um because i don't i don't mind on social media often but when i do pop one i'm checking behind my staff and whatnot and then i'll all end up seeing things that they send me and i'm like oh my god that's actually funny because i'm a, <laughs> i love to laugh i love comedy so that's where yeah. I usually, that's where my mind goes. So, um, but with, I think that the whole thing of holding people accountable and seeing their Fitbit, because you can share contacts and seeing what's yeah. going on. Is yeah. there a way for you to be able to, obviously you're able to track it, but what, where does that information go? Do you track it? Or do you have people putting it on some type of form? You, maybe you can zap some things on a spreadsheet, like, or do you have them do it themselves? Um, so we have an app, which has got a two-way interface. So I yep. can see your profile. Um, and they upload into their profile. So if you've got um, an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, it will sync automatically to the app. So all the data goes straight away. You don't need to do anything. If you're eating, all you need to do is track what you're eating. 
Um, of course, people can, you know, miss out what they're eating or not be fully truthful with what they're tracking. But at the end of the day, it's your journey. You don't track <laughs> right. and you don't tell me that you're eating seven cheeseburgers a day and then ask me why you're not losing weight. Uh, you know yourself why you're not losing weight, right? Just the right. act of tracking. You have to consciously make a decision to not track. 100%. Like, um, oh, my watch died. Yeah. You've been home all day in lockdown. How did your watch die? I have zero excuses. If your if your watch died and that is why you didn't get your steps, honestly, your phone, your phone tracks your steps as well. So give me your yeah. phone and let me see your phone steps. If if your target is just six thousand and it's still seven pm, I want you to charge that watch because it's going to take you thirty minutes to charge your watch and go outside for a half an hour walk, forty five minutes, an hour walk, get your steps in. There is zero mm. excuse. If your phone is charged, your watch should be charged. If and if it's not, I mean, you're doing those steps all day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. This on you. I mean, you can pay me free money for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. That's actually, I've actually said that in a group call once. You can guys can keep paying me free. I guess I just free money. I, mean, I can come on here and just talk to myself for an hour. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me <laughs> if you do it or not. I want you to, but if you're gonna give me free money, I like free money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We can, you. What's that? That's the saying, is it? You can take a horse to water, but you can't make yeah. a drink. Yeah. But you can't throw that horse in the water. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it is what that it is might just go into the mouth right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true like i'm gonna throw you right in that water and see if you can swim that's one way to yeah. see what's going to happen that day i mean that kind of goes with anything i think in life when people say oh success is all about de dedication and hard work and putting in the having the grid and overcoming adversity and having the right mindset i'm like it's like oh my god you see that on a t-shirt that's not what this is about <laughs> And, and even the bigger like it like social media drives me insane this is why i stay off of it it literally drives me insane i see these i call them unimpacted authentic all um authenticators right and they they try to make an impact they do it inauthentically to only get a minimum gain or see just because they saw someone else do it yeah. have you noticed i have a little rights reserved in my name people have been stealing my shit for years so it doesn't matter to me i look at it as, as a way of People like, okay, great. You like my content. I don't need you to use it. I don't care. You're just helping me out, I guess. I mean, that's yeah. a great message. Share it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me because I don't, I don't own anything the way I look at it other yeah. than me, you know? So when, when I'm looking at content, I'm looking at people trying to make an impact, you know, inauthentically and not them, gen not their true and genuine self, you're going to get exposed at some point. Yeah. And those are the ones that get exposed that don't put in the work when no one's watching, when the lights aren't on you. I mentioned right when I hit record on this, like I'm better when the lights are on me and go. Like I'll perform. Like I'll, that's the same thing, 20,000 people going into an auditorium. I'll walk on stage and boop, I'm on point. I'm dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. But those, because I put in the work and I'm, I mean, you know, because obviously, and I think that's powerful for a fitness coach. If you were heavy or were out of shape at one point and you do have a strong why and you are, you are already able and equipped to be able to show someone and how to get themselves out of that situation, you're powerful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's a lot easier to then just draw on all aspects of your experience. Now, you don't necessarily have to experience everything to be able to help somebody through it, but definitely right. sometimes it helps. But even just putting in the work to be like, you know, your client tells you something, they, you know, maybe they're feeling depressed, maybe they're feeling anxious for whatever reason, putting in the work to read around it, see if there are other clients that have had similar issues. Um, seeing, you know, there's so much stuff out there, YouTube, um, 
Instagram, like what can I do to help them putting in that work so then the next time you meet them, it's not just oh hey how are you oh you're yeah you're so feeling anxious great let's you okay you okay you okay let's go <laughs> now you can actually come to the table with some mm. like tangible stuff and tangible things that they can use and go forward and 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 help themselves with it going back to when we're leaning into social media i really want to go because I, I loved everything that you just said there but i want to kind of make it transition and be conscious of time right so when <laughs> I will tell you this. I thoroughly and I don't watch a lot of stories, but you're one of the ones that I actually will look at because they're freaking comical. You're <laughs> you're you're a really funny person. I mean, has anybody ever? I mean, I'm usually, I've always have you always been type of like that type of funny. Like you're really funny. Uh, my brothers would say I steal their jokes, and that's what. Yeah. Okay. Funny. Okay. Yeah, that's a normal <laughs> thing. My my sister said, "Well, yeah. Okay, I get it. So that's a sibling thing, but." <laughs> All right. Well, that's actually really, you, you're really comical and you've seen that you get a lot of engagement when you're putting a question there and people are saying certain things. Is that yeah. something that you just did naturally or is it something maybe you learned from someone else? Like walk me through that. I like that a lot. It's just, I, there's two aspects. So one, I think comedy is probably the best way to get people yeah. to engage I think adults don't laugh enough there's that sat there's something like babies laugh like 100 times a day whereas adults probably laugh like six or seven I think it's really sad like we should laugh a lot more than six or seven times mm. in the day so I think comedy is really useful um so one get somebody laughing and maybe if they've had a bad day but to engagement and you're more likely to engage with somebody that's made you laugh smile whatever it may be um and then two everybody likes their point of view heard and that's why I ask questions. The more you can tell me, the more I can help you and give you content that actually serves you. Um, and those are two reasons why I do the stories and the way that I do them. I was actually going to comment on one one day and I was like, ah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with her. Cause they do. <laughs> Cause it was not about like, I know you'll know that I'm playing with, you know, joking. Right. But then <laughs> yeah. someone else might have like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Cause I'm very sarcastic. I mean, you're, you are hundred percent correct. Humans do, I'm like, as an adults, do not laugh enough. I laugh at myself more than 10 times a day. So I, it's just, I, I grew up in a really comical house, a really comical family. We were just loud speaking individuals and we always have to have the last word where, you know, we talk with our hands. Like perfect example, my sister and I will go out to dinner and people are actually sometimes turn around and think we're fighting. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> We're just having, we're just speaking with a lot of passion, a lot of authority, you know? So yeah. it's, we just have a good time. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, like, especially if you get like really loud and everybody just starts raising the decimal levels, you know, and it gets really loud. There's like five people in a room. You just like, I think it's a whole auditorium, a hundred people. <laughs> it's just fun. But yeah, you are hundred percent correct. And also I think it comes back and it stems from their childhood. Yeah. What's their childhood? I mean, whether it was a traumatic experience, did they have other people in life? They felt open enough to show their true authentic self. Exactly, That's yeah. big. I mean, also like subconsciously, we make close to 30 to 40,000 decisions each day. Wow. Some not that important. What shirt should I wear? Should, am I matching my socks? This sock, this sock doesn't match the other sock. With this, I'm going to wear this. What am I doing today? Like, I get out of the bed on the same side. I go brush my teeth with the same hand. You know, you can change your neurochemistry in your brain if you brush your teeth with your other non-dominant hand and keep going back and forth. You're changing the, the neural waves in your brain. The yeah. high, that fire and rewire those neurons that obviously lead to a different emotion. 
right? So a lot of people don't understand all these things. And that's why it's important for someone to have a coach that has this type of knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. And having that type of knowledge, hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that was actually where I was going to go with it. So like walk me through, walk me through why it's so powerful for coaches to constantly keep evolving and keep learning and gaining more knowledge when it's relevant to their marketplace and the people that they're serving, that it's only going to raise their, obviously, I wouldn't say net worth, but it's also going to raise the type of clients they're attracting into life. Like I don't attract the same type of clients that I used to, if that makes sense. It's higher ones. So go ahead. Love this. So I would think it's so important to stay relevant, but relevant doesn't necessarily have to be the relevant that social media or, you know, there we go. I love that. Thank you. Right. You need to decide what your relevant is. So that might be, you know, it could be sales. It could be science. It could be whatever your relevant is for your niche, for your business, for your growth, decide what that is and then invest all of your time into it, grow your knowledge for your relevance and then mm. then you can impart that and that gives you so much more credibility than somebody 100%. who said do you know what i've got a program here it's worked for 10 years if it ain't broke don't fix it i hate that phrase if it ain't broke don't fix it does not mean there's a, not a better way to do it yeah that's the same thing they, that, that actually comes from corporate that's the number one thing people tell me when i walk inside it like they go You've seen some old, some of my older content that I was sharing with you, right? And I'm, I'm yeah. wearing like workout gear and stuff like that. I'm talking to people inside of a boardroom and they're wearing suits and I'm yelling at them like that. The reason why I was wearing workout gear was on purpose. Yeah. The reason, because here's the whole point behind all this. It's like, listen, just because you have a couple billion dollars inside of that company that, and you still trade your time for money that operates this damn thing. I don't live within those restraints. So my point is this, when I walk into a company and I start asking questions about the protocol and the processes and why you do certain things, and you're not able to tell me, like, we've always done it this way. It literally makes my blood boil. Exactly. And then imagine being a coach saying, well, I've always done it this way. I don't know why it's not working for you. You're not delivering on what you said you would deliver on. And and, and I always believe one size does not fit all either i cannot do not would not say um you know chris i'm going to design a program for you and then i'm going to design exactly the same program for a 65 year old postmenopausal lady that i've also just signed up it's not going to work you're going to be like what is going on what, what, what are you doing, doing to me bridges over here on the floor my pelvic floor is fine <laughs> It's just not going to work for you. <laughs> oh my God. That's Brilliant. so funny. Like I like, I like tea now for some reason, you know, like crumpets, what? <laughs> crumpets, yeah, crumpets are great, by the way. That was scrumptious. Amazing. <laughs> I toast of it just a little bit, put a little bit of butter, some honey on it. What? Oh. I, I never had one until here, but I was like, that, that's one thing the UK has got on point. So I just. Crumpet. Tea and crumpets on point. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a crumpet now. It made me hungry. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go into obviously we we're, we're talking about the social media stuff and obviously the engagement. I think that's also definitely helped because I do look at this when I when I, I get I get a lot of people send me messages and oh, I want to come on the show just because I got a lot of I get a lot of downloads, a lot of engagement, but that comes from hard work. 
Like even my other account was hacked. I was over 200 something thousand followers and that was real people. They're not, there's no bullshit. Cause that's what I hate about social media because they buy these stuff and clicks and comments. If you go inside of my engagement, you see there are actually real people commenting on actually the cup, the post, you know, what's going on. And, all, and yeah. obviously organically, when you go into your post, you see the same thing. So when I get a lot of people that send me messages, they're paying for this smoke screen and mirror. And then I look a little deeper and you have a whole post, you got a blue tick and you got two people commenting on your shit. That means to tell me that you don't know how to, you don't know how to engage with your audience. Yeah. Or you bought it. Yeah. Exactly. Either or you're not coming on a show. <laughs> Do you not understand the fascination of people who buy followers? Like, who are you out to impress? Who are you impressing here? They're like you can, the kids it, that used to sell sweets at school because they wanted to be popular. Right, exactly. Well, actually, I did sell. Well, I did actually want to, want to hear something funny. So listen to this. So they were selling sweets because they're inside this club, right? Well, the sweets, obviously, that's another thing. We call it candy. So they're selling sweets. Well, I would go to the barbershop on Friday with my grandfather and my, or my mom or whoever was taking me. And the barbershop, of course, men barbershop is a little different than obviously going to the lady shop, right? So, but there was a food, there was like a, like a, a mom and pop shop, little convenience store right next door to have them here. It's like a little, they just pop in. What do they call it here? Like um, something licensed store, off licensed stores. Off license, yeah. Off license, like a little but they, Of course they would sell alcohol, but they would sell like candy and I had the sweet aisle, whatnot. So yeah. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get in the bag. And I took, it's like, I need some money and got me some money. And I, I bought all the airheads, and Jolly Ranchers. And <laughs> so I went to school and was selling it for cheaper to make money. <laughs> Not to, not to be cool. I was make. I was like, all right. I was an entrepreneur. When I was a kid. I, yeah. Who that's, knew? That's the yeah. It's the kids that just like buy it and sell it for the same price, and you're like, I'm not selling for the same price. I'm selling cheaper. Yeah. yeah. I was selling it cheaper. I was like, okay, so you're paying a, like fifty cent for this. I was charging like thirty. I'll give me thirty cent or five for this number or <laughs> doing this number. And they were like, then they, I got found someone told on me and said that he doesn't. He's not even a part of the club. I was making a killing. <laughs> He's not even I, I was my mom when well, my mom came <laughs> my mom came home and I went and they called home and my mom came home and like went through my whole freaking like room and I didn't I was on the bus I was in school so I couldn't come home so by the time <laughs> I came home by the time I came of course I would lie I was like lying through my teeth I was like I don't know what you're talking about mom like I don't I don't I didn't do nothing I didn't do nothing you know and by the time she the whole time she had the whole bag of money. It was like I don't know how much money it was, but they kept it. I didn't get to keep it. Yeah, they, you lost all of it. <laughs> uh, but but I, I learned something. It's the initiative. I and you looking for a lock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that if I was actually bad, I would probably say that. But I learned something. You take an initiative and think outside the box. And, and if you outstretch your own limitations and you're not really looking at the rules, and I'm not saying do anything illegal. It wasn't illegal. It's just that, Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody else thought of it. No. I, was and, a, and well, that's, yeah. I think that's the thing. You didn't, um, in the nice way possible, you didn't do anything that was uh, not done before. You didn't do anything that was uh, you know, revolutionary. You just took something and you solved somebody's problem by making it cheaper. Like, yeah. that's what you did. And like 90% of things, that's what you can do. You just look at everyday solutions. And rather than thinking, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Look outside the box, take initiative and think, how can I do this in a better way to better serve me to get from A to B? Boom. There's, there's your moneymaker right there. 
I do love the fact that you came from corporate and more of accounting and that type of world. I think accounting, you look to see how you can improve the numbers, right? Correct. Well, yeah. I have a very similar mind. I, I have, I was actually my, I'm a chemical engineer originally. That's my trade. You don't see me try trading oils or anything, do you? So <laughs> didn't happen for me, but I look at the, even at a very young age, I would look at things and see how I can improve it rather than what was wrong with it. I don't need to see what's wrong. Obviously that's obvious. How can I improve this and make it better? And then that's just my thing in entrepreneurship. That's what I do. I was like, what I don't give, I don't even care what people do in their businesses when they can, they, I want to go and consult for them. They would hire me to come in and hire and fire. I wouldn't fire, but you mentioned the person, I mentioned the person that said, well, we've always done it this way. (laughs) This actually happened. I, I wasn't, I didn't have the power to fire, but I can tell them, advise them, they should fire that person. 20 minutes later, yeah. I had a person walk around a box and said, oh, yeah, yeah you're going to let you go. <laughs> That's another American thing, like the right. firing and taking a box and walking out of the office. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> so you don't do that here. What do you do? You fire them on Friday and just send an email? I don't, there's not, I don't think there's a massive firing culture in the UK. You're just um, advised to resign. Well, okay, well, well, walk me through this. I've never heard that. So. <laughs> So uh, you're advised to resign effective immediately. So that's basically you're getting fired. Yeah, but you're not getting fired in the sense that somebody's saying you're fired, take all your belongings and go now. It's too politically correct here. <laughs> it does. Well, I'm not saying it gives me joy to ruin someone's career. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> but if you're not uh... supposed to be there doing what you're doing, but it is kind of fun, you know, if they're an asshole. So yeah. <laughs> Like, I wonder what that drive home is going to be like for them, you know? So I don't know the way I look at life and the way I look at fitness and the way it's just very, it's business fitness. I don't care what industry you're in. If you're able to see the problem, then break it down. And how can I make it accessible and easy to get started? Cause that's the hard stop, the hard, the hard spot for them. Cause I, I really applaud people to take that first step. Yeah. Cause you don't know the process. It was that actually made them finally take action. Yeah. That's, that's a question that I always ask my clients. Do you? Actually. Yeah. So why did you get in contact with me? Or, you know, why do you want to start this journey? What made you pick up the phone? What made you DM me? And um, what made you email me? Um, just to see why. Like, what's going on? What's, uh, what's your real reason why? Oh, I love it. Actually, um, I know we're over the time here, but when I ask that type of question, you know, what I always try to do is I try to get people's attention. You have 2.7 to around seven seconds to grab someone's attention. Scientific fact. It's even get, it's decreasing even more now because we're like a attention span of a goldfish because people look at their phone and get so distracted. You ever done? I, I yeah. do it right now. If I go on my phone, I'll forget what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what was I in my phone for? Like, or yeah. even worse, walking around the house. Where's my phone? It's in my hand. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, that means I'm getting <laughs> pulled in a lot of areas, right? I'm not spending enough time to be 100% present. So yeah. you got to hold yourself accountable to this. But I take it a step further when I'm trying to get someone's attention on the phone or in a, in a meeting, whatever. And I'll say, listen, when you went to take action and requested information and you pulled your credit card out to purchase this program, correct? Yes, that make them respond and really be engaged in a question. So- Here's what I would like to know. And congratulations, one, on even taking action. And I'm not even sure if you're going to be a right fit for this at all. I mean, that's what I'm here to do with you is figure out if it's going to be a perfect fit and it aligns with your mission and aligns with your you know, goals short-term and then long-term. 
But one thing that I do like to ask and understand about people, what was going on throughout your day that led you to taking action? Paint me that picture. Not right when they pulled the trigger. Like, walk me through your day. I like that. And if you walk them, if they walk you through the whole day, like you mean, you mentioned this reason why I bring it up because you mentioned it at the beginning. You said, well, "What was your typical day?" Yeah. Well, I want the typical day when you finally reached out. And if you're able, like then that. I'm, I'm going to write that down, steal it. <laughs> uh, yeah, go, go ahead. It's it's yours. You can have it. So, if you use that, if you actually listen to what they're saying, then you start asking more questions. Diagnostic questions are very simple. Who, what, when, why, how? How is always the last piece. How can we move this out of your life or whatever situation, right? So when I'm asking these questions, I'm going to properly diagnose the situation and what's going on. In the medical field, it is malpractice if you don't properly diagnose someone and give them a recommendation or a prescription. That's an issue. But this is what happens when I see in, in business, when you put a dollar amount there and it's not a... That's why, um, you know, this is a culture thing too. You need to go be a doctor. You need to go be, that's why they make you go do this stuff. Cause obviously back in the day, you will make that type of money. Right. So it's like a proud thing. Oh, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. You're, I'm disowning you. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard that it's conversation. For you to do what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I didn't want to go into that, but my mom, actually, my dad said this. I'm like, you're making a hundred something thousand dollars a year. This is corporate stuff. The security. I was like, well, dad, I don't want to do this. I want to start. I can make so much more money that you chase. You keep chasing money. I was like, I'm trying to change lives, man. And, you know, yeah. of course, when I made that phone call, I said, your son's now a millionaire. You know, like, they were like, okay, it's great. Well, <laughs> the point I'm making is when, you, when you're taking that next step and you're asking these questions, then that's going to put you in a situation. You're going to start understanding and identifying as patterns of behavior. Okay. Now, okay, you're self-sabotage. This is what... Have you studied like the real, the real reason why people self-sabotage themselves? No. So when people self-sabotage, that means that they don't feel deep down in their subconscious mind that they actually, it's worth it for them or it's worth, they're worthy of whatever that might be. So perfect example is if I said, I'm like, all right, Jack, somebody named Jack, you might have what it takes to be able to be a operating officer within this company and you can obviously have 40% more pay increase. And also I'm going to give you incentivize you and give you 20% commission of upright of the whole company. And this is a contract that I'm looking to hire and actually promote you in the next six months. But here's what I need from you. If you're able to kind of present me a proposal on how you are able to make an impact with this company and how you're able to scale it to this number, then I'm open to having that conversation. So by Friday, if that's, if can you do by Friday? Yes. Okay, great. By Friday, I would like to for you to walk in my office at 9 a.m. and present that to me and the board. Cool? Yes. So if he has an issue of him thinking he's not worthy enough for that position, somewhere deep in his subconscious mind, what will tend to happen? He's not going to get enough rest. If he drinks alcohol, he's going to have more alcohol that night. He's going to, what he's doing is running away from the problem. Yeah. When they're running away, that's self-sabotage because they know if they, that's an excuse they can have within themselves. Perfect example. If they showed up on time and they were, they, they worked their ass off to put themselves in a right position and they still didn't get it. 
they're they're actually speaking to their subconscious. They're going to be more hurt that way. Yeah. But they have an excuse because it's when excuses only lead to bad situations. Yeah. That yeah. Self, you, you got self sabotage. Back on that, have you? Exactly. Yeah. See my point? So that's that makes it more real for them. Like I wasn't really that worthy. Like, well, or I mean, then I start asking questions. So why do you feel that you're not ready for that next level? And then that's a whole other spiral down like a damn rabbit hole with these people. Well, once you once you do it enough, it okay. it just gets it's like a muscle. I yeah. just I'm 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 a worse nightmare for someone that tries to like sell me on bullshit. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I I love like psychology and then about how like human emotions and the brain. Like that's what the this world has been built on, right? It's what the stocks operate on, like human emotion and psychology, right? And so if you can understand that, like you you've got it. And no matter what you do, you'll be able to apply those principles. Um, <laughs> it's the older movie. I have to send you a clip. But it was, I can't remember. I think it's Boiler Room. Someone called him, cold called him on a Saturday. And he was like, is that it? Like, And he coached him on it. It was like, this is what you do. This one, he's like, well, are you going to buy it? No, I'm not going to buy it. I hung up on him. So like, <laughs> I know I know what, how I know how companies and I know how marketers and I know how salespeople and how businesses make money. You open your phone right now. It's fear, famine, all good. Oh, a bunch of beautiful women, a bunch of beautiful men, or whatever you're into. I don't know donkeys. I don't care. But this, all this <laughs> shit, whatever you're into in your phone, that's what you're attracted to, and it's either scaring the shit out of you, or it's really going to make you happy, and it's going to force you to get to an emotional decision where you're going to take action on something. Yeah, it's all on emotion. All on emotion. The problem is there's not enough logic to anything. So if you're actually skilled enough, and that's why I've studied so much I have over the years, and that's why I've obviously have had the numbers that I've had. I'm so blessed in it. But again, there's no luck to that. So when you see, when people say, oh, man, you're lucky, whoo, that lights me on fire. Luck. <laughs> you're like, like, no, I wake up in this shit. <laughs> right. I'm like, luck. I'm like, you don't, you didn't see all the relationships that I self-sabotaged and didn't spend <laughs> enough time in. Deep down. To work my, yeah, deep down. And so I, I'll give it to them raw, real. Yeah. Like you don't know my life and I don't know yours. So I don't, I don't prejudge someone. Exactly. You don't know. I mean, your family left a whole country to another country. You know how much courage that took? That's a yeah. sacrifice. Would you agree? Yeah. Massive. Huge. So in you to give you a better opportunity for their family and changing and breaking the chains. So that's how I look at situations. I don't know. Maybe. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really deep because you, you tie back into that. But then also, I, I always want to kind of get this out of the list. Like de defining what your competitive advantage is, is valuable. Like I know what my competitive advantage is. I, and I'm not going to, obviously, I'll tell you because I mean, this listener is going to be like, oh, I've heard this shit. My competitive advantage is my older sister, right? So she passed away. People say that when you're born, you are born to solve a problem what the world needs at some point and during the duration of your life. It's your job to discover what your true gift is and be able to maximize your ability potential to the highest level to achievement. And it says that when you do pass over, when you do pass over, you'll end up meeting the version of who you should be. Well, I take it a step further. <laughs> right. I take it a step further. That's why your life flashes before your eyes. I'm going to enjoy mine. So it's like, I can't look my sister in the face 
or energy, whatever that, whatever's on the hereafter, whatever's on the other side. When that happens, I cannot be around her energy and her be disappointed in a life that I've created for myself after she sacrificed and breathed through tubes and showed me how hard she had it. Yeah. So, so whatever your, whatever people's competitive advantage is, I pull from that when I'm tired. I'm I, uh, like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this shit. Well, cause it gets repetitive, you know, like you're dealing with yeah. the same type of clients all day long. And what is that doing? That's obviously putting you in your own behavioral trick. And now you're being reactive. That's why I'm saying yeah. about coaches and stuff like that need to continue to keep growing. Exactly. And, uh, there's always new ways of dealing with things. And like you said, like breaking that cycle. And I think once, once you're aware that there's a tendency to get into a cycle, no matter what mm-hmm. it is, like no matter what it is, like we are creatures of habit. We like that, you know, automation in everything right. that we do. So like you said, it can even be in a coach being, you know, oh, are you feeling okay? Yeah, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, great. Let's crack on with your session. Um, oh, yeah, crack I'm on, just another one. That program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what it means, but it's yeah. Gonna, let's let's go. That program. It's okay. Yeah. Like we all get into that repetitive cycle at some point, but just even just being aware that you're going into that pattern helps you to take steps to break it. And I think as mm-hmm. a coach, as anyone moving forward successfully you've got to be able to recognize um the triggers the signs to be able to one stop you even getting into it or to break out of that cycle and the only mm. way i think you can do that is to continuously learn grow and develop because 100%. that's what the whole world around us is doing um and if you don't you're just going to get left behind 100 i love it I, I thank you so much for and always we're going to wrap up here but just be conscious of time but I just really appreciate you coming in and exactly your reason why I, of course, my team put together a list and I went through the list and I was like, this is, this is the one I would like to have come on, you know? And I think that there's just, there's a lot to you that most people don't see. And I think that's what makes you powerful and what you do. And I don't know if you like compliments or whatnot, but I'm just not trying to gas you up here, but you, what you're doing, you, what you do for a living and why you do what you do. You're just, I think, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the future with you. It's going to be fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I truly believe you build the walls of your own house mentally, physically, spiritually. So you, mm-hmm. you got to build it in the way that you want it. 100%. Of course, my team puts all the show notes and puts all the things or whatever you want. Obviously, we're promoting and getting people to you. Um, there's one surefire way. Obviously, we're in the UK, but in the US and Canada, if you do have people out there that would like to text 843-396-2104, what that is is a texting community. You know, you've seen all these major like Ellen and Rock and all the, the same app. So what they do is they text. Then if they text Mirror or Mirror Fitness or whatever you want to, as in some type of thing, and there's a keyword, it goes right into a folder. We'll give you access as well. So that way you're able to communicate and engage with, you know, the many listeners. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that don't know who you are in the U.S. and in Canada. They will be sending text messages. We'll make sure that we relay that information over to you. Okay. That's brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, um, any last words, anything else you want to kind of mention? If you had to say one last thing to all these million, all these uh, many, <laughs> many, many listeners, anybody needs to hear your story. Like what, what would you leave them with? I would leave them with, I would leave them with the fact that your life is yours and yours alone. 
Like nobody mm. else is going to take any sort of responsibility, accountability for it. You can be happy, sad, successful, unsuccessful. And that is all down to you. Um, mm. As a fitness coach, I will help you get there, not just physically, but mentally. Um, but still, again, you're in that driver's seat. So, you know, take the ride of your life. And like I said, don't look back and regret on anything. Mm. That's beautiful. Well said. Well said. Perfect example. You put in the work. Yeah. If you haven't put in the work and I hit you with that question and it, I, I don't normally ask people that question. If I, and I'm proving a point with the listeners, when people put in the work when you ask them a spitfire question, they'll take one second to process, figure out what they want to say and, and why they want to say it. And they spitfire it out. I've actually done this for, that's why I want to take my show live. Cause I'm going to start pulling yeah. some people on and hitting them. Cause like, what'd you want to have? You dropped a cue card. <laughs> see my point it's it's exactly. my way it's my i feel it's my moral moral obligation and responsibility that people to tune into my show that they they, they love this not just they don't come here for they might have showed up for me but they stay for you guys because <laughs> i'm pulling out information that they need to hear from credible sources that could change their life so i appreciate you thank you again is there anybody that you know, in your network or, you know, and you know, anybody around, I mean, I I'm, I'm an open book. So there's anything that I have, you have. So, um, I, when I have people come onto the show, I look at them as lifelong friends and lifelong connections, not just something you come on the show and buy. Yeah. Bye Felicia. Not, that's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not how I operate. Okay. So, and I look forward to, you know, many times of us communicating back and forth. I'm an open book. So other than that, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me, Chris. You're welcome. Take care. Be safe. Peace, guys. You too. Take care. Bye.